Sitting under a tree for Tuesday, the twenty second of January, twenty twenty four. Whoop 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 Man, I feel um, oh, oh, you straight into it. I feel like <laughs> how are you? How are you? Go on, I'll leave you some room to tell me. Four, three, two. All right, shut up! Shut up! No, it's me now. It's back to me. I don't care. <laughs> I I think I just realized right now that I, um, you know, I was talking to a friend like an hour ago on the internet and uh, we were talking about how I just feel like, you know what? I fucking said it perfectly in the message. So I'm just going to pull the message up. I feel, this is how I feel, where is it, I actually fucking nailed it, did I, um, 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 to, uh, oh, fucking how much shit do I talk in these messages, uh, I said I have this theory about negative feelings like shame and anger that they just kind of exist in our bodies and when we blame certain stuff for them, what we are actually doing is just finding things to attach them to things that conform with our values and the ways we see ourselves, the kind of person we believe we are. That's what I think. Um, you know, I feel like there's just anger and especially now, I don't know about positive feelings. I don't know if there's just happiness floating around. I mean, you just feel happy and you're just happy. You enjoy it. You don't need that's interesting, isn't it? When you feel happy, you're not like, why do I feel like this? You're just happy. You're just psyched. But when you feel sad, you're like, whose fault is this? That's really interesting, isn't it? When you have a positive feeling, you're not looking for, and not a sensation because the sensation, you know, you obviously know why that's happening, whether it's pain or pleasure that's like an obvious thing but when it's a, when it's a happy feeling like joy you just feel it and you just who cares look at a sunset look at a bug crawling across the pavement you know look at me recording my podcast whatever you just feel happy it doesn't even matter why but when you feel sad i guess because you want it to end so you're trying to figure out why you feel sad so that you can make it end. But maybe that's a fallacy. Like maybe there is no making it end, you know. We want to control it because we want to believe that we can have some kind of control over the bad things that we feel that happen to us or whatever, but we can't. And um, yeah, I've just been feeling today like a little bit, well, not even today, just now, just in the last like hour or something because I put a uh, an event up for my... Uh, birthday my birthday by the way loyal podcast listeners and parasocial <laughs> friends it's fucking t- i'm recording on monday the 22nd oh fuck sorry it's sitting under a tree for tuesday the 23rd of january fuck shit man um my birthday is exactly two weeks from today i turned 33 how about that how about that would you believe it and 
I've been thinking of whether I'm going to have a party and I decided that I will. I'm going to have a Sunday afternoon thing at the house. If you're listening to this and I haven't invited you, literally message me. You're so welcome to come. Um, And what I've decided, what I just kind of decided spur of the moment, I just always feel like I need a thing, you know? It can't just be like the party. I fuck. (laughs) I always do this. I always do this. I've done it again. (laughs) Fuck me, man. I always, I can't just go, it's a party. I have to be like, it's this other thing as well. Because I don't feel like I'm good enough. Anyway, what I've done is I've said it's going to be a potluck. So people bring food, you know, to share and then everyone eats the food. Right. But the problem with that is now I feel like I've put too much pressure on people you know, to bring food. I feel like I'm scaring people off. I'm like, what if people don't want to bring food? What if they can't be bothered? What if I'm, it's, what if people are rolling their eyes at this going, fuck, I've got to do homework to go hang out at my friend's house. You know, like, am I asking too much of my friends? I've invited fucking like a hundred people on Facebook, you know, hopefully a third of that come. And hopefully a third of those people bring food. And if that happens, we'll have 10 plates of food and that'll be really nice. It's in an afternoon and as a secret surprise, I've got my friend Simon Carter and uh, I've enlisted him to get some jazz in the backyard, which is what I was going to have when me and my ex were going to move overseas and I planned a going away party and then I cancelled the party two days before it was supposed to happen And it was one of the saddest moments I've ever faced, I think. Let me have a sip of my tea here. Oh, it's it's a little bit cold. It's going to be too cold by the end of this recording. Do you know what? I boiled the kettle before. I mean, this isn't even an issue, but... It's, it's annoyed me on a low level. There's no way I'm going to bring this up, but I'll talk about it on the pod. I boiled the kettle before. And I filled it. No, I didn't fill it, but I half filled it and I boiled it anticipating this cup of tea that I was about to make. And and then I came in here and got the podcast ready and it was maybe five minutes and then I went back out and the, the, the kettle was very light. There was only just enough in there for my tea and I reckon my housemate stole some of my fucking boiled water. Now, what do we do about that? Literally nothing. The problem isn't that there wasn't enough water. The problem is that I left it too long and now it's slightly too cold. But I want to try and find a way to blame that (laughs) on someone other than me. (laughs) Could it be that if there was more, like if there was half a kettle full of hot water, it would have cooled down slower because there would be more hot water in the kettle whereas because there was only a quarter of a kettle it cooled down faster so the amount of time that I took you know like it got colder and that's why my tea's cold now it's because she fucking stole from me (laughs) whatever 
whatever. I'm over it. It's fine. I don't feel bad because of the tea. I feel bad and that's not in my control. And the tea is just is just a, a texture. <laughs> just just an emotional texture. <laughs> it's part of the <laughs> part of the texture of existence. So yeah, I feel a bit nervous about I just feel nervous, you know? I mean I just feel nervous. I just feel nervous. That's the sentence. But, um, you know, if I want to get a little bit more specific with it, it's not that I feel nervous about the fact that I, uh, there's a potluck. I feel nervous having invited people to an event because now that I've invited them to an event, there is the chance that they may not come. And that's always scary. Do you know what I did this week? Speaking of inviting people to an, an event, I've been thinking about the new show. And I guess just stepping up my effort levels in terms of promoting it. I've got two shows at the end of Feb, one in Brisbane and I think one's like the 1st of March in Gold Coast. Anyway, I'm doing the Southeast Queensland uh, gigs for like a week and a half up there. And rather than just give these tickets away or, you know, whatever, I should, I've got a video now of me playing piano at the comedy store and uh, doing, you know, one of the bits from the show. So I reckon it's time to try promoting it to some piano people. And what I did was I went just onto a directory of piano teachers and just to see, you know, what piano teachers are out there. How many piano teachers are there within 10Ks of Brisbane City Centre? Fucking heaps, man. I reckon there's a hundred. There was a hundred on this one list of a directory of piano teachers. And you know what? If I email them and word the email correctly and frame it as like, hey, I'm really grateful to my piano teacher for giving me this love of music and I've written a show to try and show, to like a bit of stand-up to try and kind of, I guess, show people you know, my appreciation for music that she gave me and you're a piano teacher and I would love to invite you along to kind of give something back to my teacher and, you know, people that teach music because I think that's such a wonderful thing. And I believe that in a way. (laughs) In another more cynical way, I also just want people to come to my show, but I do believe that. I reckon if I send that email out in a hundred, maybe I get five bites. And maybe I go, I'm willing to give you fucking two-for-one tickets. Eh? Or like you one free ticket and then a discount code for a friend. That's probably what I'll start with. And then when it's Melbourne Comedy Festival or whatever, I'll do different deals. But that's my idea, man. Just trying to get the show out to people who actually play piano and give a fuck about piano and realizing that there are a lot of people who play piano and give a fuck about piano. And that's sick and for the first time this show actually has a real i don't know like you know the 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 fucking finding my dad thing sure it goes out to latin people but not so much and there's not like a definite person you know the whole challenge with marketing is just what is my excuse to legitimately message someone and go, hey, I've got something for you. I'm not asking for something from you. I've got something to give you. 
Um, and a part of that is just finding people whose interests align enough with the thing that you've made that you want to show that when you go, hey, I've got this thing, it so closely aligns with their interests that they're like, fuck, that actually is really cool. Rather than just being like, oh, here's some cunt trying to sell me something, you know? I reckon if I show people this, and it's just is something that no one's done before, I think. Stand-up comedy with classical piano about the music. I'm very excited. Anyway, oh, you know what I've started doing is not writing down what I did in the last week because I want to just, I guess, freestyle the pod a little bit more. Um, but in this moment now, I would have normally checked my notes, but I didn't check my notes just now. Instead, I just sat and thought about it. We had a garage sale on Saturday, and that was nice. I... Um, Again, a little bit of self-consciousness for the garage sale. We've been planning it for a while and I felt like I hadn't done anything to kind of contribute to the cause. And, um, you know, I said on Friday that I was going to go around and, and put some posters up. But like, I don't know, honestly, the flyers that we had, they seemed a bit small. And I was like, I'm going to chalk the street. That's what I'll do. So on Saturday morning, I got up and I bought a bunch of chalk and I went out and chalked the street. And I've been thinking about there's this uh, there's this room in Melbourne comedy called Spleen Monday Nights. It's like, you know, a legendary Monday night open mic. And uh, the guys who started it, there were three guys, Pete Sharkey, Kyle Chandler and Steel Saunders. And they started it in like 2008. And... Um, famously a part of how they promoted it early days was they would chalk the street around the block from the gig free comedy this way and um i don't know why that's always stuck with me it's just a great promotional tactic it's just a great way to like what you want is the people in the area knowing about the show and what better way for them to know about the show than for to just have it it's there you can see it but I remember listening to them on a podcast years ago and how they said it was so annoying to chalk the street every week, but they did it for years before they finally stopped doing it once the show was kind of self-sustaining. And I really appreciated that because on Saturday morning, I went and bought a whole I bought a whole thing of chalk, like a whole pack, jumbo chalk. I broke my fucking woolies. Oh, man, I disappointed myself. I broke my, I broke my Woolworths boycott. It was a $2.50 pack of chalk. I didn't steal anything. I just went to Woolies. It was Saturday morning, you know. We needed to start getting shit done. I went out at 8. The garage sale started at 10. I rode my bike to Woolies and I bought I didn't buy anything else. I watched a TikTok ages ago about like uh, choice fatigue or something like that where they say that the way that supermarkets are like the aisles are arranged and the products at eye level and all this kind of stuff is all made to kind of make you feel tired because when you get tired, because you make all these choices, no, I don't want that. I do want that. That's over there. Look down there. Eventually you get tired enough that you just make impulses. You get tired and you can't resist the impulses to buy, you know, chips or chocolate or whatever the fuck. And supermarkets are designed specifically to make you tired and then when you are tired the thing that is an impulse buy is right in front of you and you just put it in your basket and i think about that all the time because i want to go into a supermarket with a fucking 
resolve, man. I'm like, you will not. You will not strong arm me into giving you my fucking money on some bullshit. <laughs> and so when I went into all these, I was thinking that. I was just like, give me, it's like, it's like you, oh, what is it? It's like, don't look, you know? It's, it's like, um, I can't think of what reference I'm trying to make. I feel like there was a movie years ago, a scary movie where if you like look at something or hear something, fucking some shit, you turn into the monster, you know, you die or whatever. It was like that. You go in there and you just like, hold my breath. Don't breathe in. Don't look anywhere. Just run in, find the chalk and get the fuck out before they can convince me to buy some fucking Smith's original chips. And then I went and chalked the street. And I used all, I was like, I'm going to use all the pack of chalk. I'm going to use the whole pack. That's the plan. That's the goal. And I chalked 11 sites with garage sale today. Uh, um, what did I say? Garage sale, t- garage sale today, Saturday, the 20th of January. Saturday or Saturday, Jan. No, Jan 20. That's right. Garage sale today, Jan 20, 8 Reynard Street. And sometimes I put arrows. And I did that 11 times in big letters. I was very proud of my writing. It was neat. And by the end, I was just like, this is fucking exhausting. I feel hot. I'm sweaty. I got my jacket on. <sighs> and then I go back to the garage sale and um, fuck, man, I didn't sell shit. I wish I just felt, I felt like I wanted there to be more people. I felt like I wanted us to have more people come to the garage sale. I don't know why there weren't more. Maybe we needed to advertise it better. Maybe we needed to... Uh, we were talking about it in the driveway and someone said about how you can put it in the papers and then people come real early. Maybe we needed to put it in the papers. Maybe we needed to put it in there a few days earlier or in a few different, like, Good Karma networks or... I don't know. I just felt like there should have been more people there. And I got some good stuff and no one bought it and no one bought any of our clothes. People bought books. One of the housemates made cookies, which was sick. They were a hit. You know, a few things like that. But I sold a single book for $3. (laughs) The nice part of the garage sale was us to just sit in the garage or in the driveway and hang out, which we haven't really all done, you know, as a house in a while. And then I went and got us um, with some money that we got. How's this? The property agency put a sign out the front of our house and said, well, we're going to do this and we're going to give you a $50 visa gift voucher. Like basically advertising for them of just like, here's an example of all the houses that we've sold. What a great agency just out the front of our house and then all people came to our house and were like, are they selling your house? And it was like, no, they're not. They're just fucking using us as a billboard. And uh, what they gave us in exchange for that was fifty a $50 Visa gift card, which they wouldn't have even paid 50 bucks for. God, these people are just fucking scum, aren't they? The lowest of the low. And um, anyway, I took that Visa gift card and got us some lunch, you know, and that was nice. Oh, God. Have I said anything interesting yet? No, I don't fucking think so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, what other things can I wrap up? I listened 
two. I watched. Um, I watched the Domino Effect and the Domino Effect two great stand up specials by Ali Sadiq. Really interesting. A friend recommended these, and it's like storytelling style stand up. The guy went to jail for selling drugs when he was a young man. He's American, <clears throat> and it is an American style hour. It's not punchy or clubby. But nor is it really kind of structurally written like a like a an hour of stand up that you would find in Melbourne or Edinburgh. It's more it's kind of it's almost more theatrical, which is interesting because it comes from America and they're not typically known to have like theatrical stand up. And I don't know that much about Ali Sadiq, but from what I can tell, he's, you know, respected in the world of stand ups. He's not like a theatre guy. But it was very, almost reminded me of Chappelle and not just because he's like an old black guy, but that definitely didn't hurt. But like the way that he kind of is slow and measured and um, and then the characters, the characters are what made it. The characters that he does, phenomenal. But I don't know, I think it left a little bit to be desired in the kind of structure and like direction of the piece department, you know, like... He starts talking and there's a couple little callbacks and things like that. But other than that, these are just stories back to back to back. And they didn't really feel like there was any kind of thrust narratively. He just talks quietly and there are fewer punchlines. And he does cry at one point when his sister dies, which is really beautiful. And he handles that very well. Like he literally cries on stage. I mean, I don't know about that actually. It was kind of uncomfortable. (laughs) He fucking cries, man. He fully just cries on stage for like a bit. I don't know about that. I mean, you can't cry on stage every night in that bit, you know? it's Eventually, it's a complete manipulation and disingenuous. <clears throat> but maybe um, him filming the special and all the emotion around that kind of put him back in a, a space where he was able to cry maybe he doesn't normally cry there you know in which case that's really incredible that he was able to sit in that moment and let himself do that in front of all those people because i'd say it would be i mean i've never cried on stage in front of people before you know um yeah good show what what i took from it is the way that he speaks is so clearly of the place that he's from and it made me want to, I guess, lean in a little bit more to the way I speak. And, man, I was... Oh, you know what? Let me try a bit on you. I don't know. I've been thinking about the start of my show and about how angry it is and whether I should lean into that anger and give it space and, you know, room in the show to kind of be there or whether I don't like the fact that there's anger there and I want the show to be more positive. I think I want there to be a bit of anger, but I was trying to write this bit, the story of the guy that I bought that piano case off of, which by the way, this week, I bought a new piano case. I can't remember whether I talked about this already. What day did I go to buy the piano case? I got the piano case on fucking Wednesday, I reckon. Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah, I think it was, um, it was either Wednesday or Friday, or whatever, I've had the most relaxing few days, bro, 
I did. No, I did. I do work on Wednesday. I did. I worked on Wednesday doing this film work, doing this film set design work. And then Thursday, I drove. That's right. Thursday, I did a tour, drove to the hot springs in Mornington, and that was delightful. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today, Monday, I've had days off and I've just been stone cold chilling, dude. Saturday night, I did a gig in Melton. Friday night, I did a gig and hung out with some friends. And yesterday, Sunday, I uh, did a podcast with a mate in Footscray and then just did fuck all, man. I've just been chilling. I feel so relaxed, which is nuts because I am about to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm about to work for five days, but right now I feel so laid back. It must have been on Friday when I went and got... Um, I went to Manny's, this music shop that's in Sydney where I got my pedal from to change the pedal that I'd got because the pedal that I got didn't work with my um, keyboard. And so I got a new one. The, the Just like the experience that I had here compared to the other fucking store that I went to where that guy was just such a condescending asshole and made me feel like a piece of shit and like pressured into buying the thing that he was selling, you know? Like he just, I was like, what do you got? And he pulled the case out, put it next to the register, typed in $100 into the FPOS machine and just shoved it in my face. Oh, God, I hated him. Meanwhile, at Manny's, big shout outs to Manny's. I came in to do an exchange to like trade with an old pedal to get the new pedal. And he was like, yep, I didn't even need to have it in the original box. I didn't even have the receipt. He looked up the number and my name and he got it. And then um, I was like, you know what? What cases do you have? And he went and got me a case that fits my keyboard fucking perfectly. It's the brand, the same brand, Casio. And it's so snug. And it has fucking backpack straps, which is what I wanted with the first one. And he was so helpful and kind and just wonderful. Fuck Melbourne Piano Warehouse and big up Manny's in North Fitzroy. Anyway, last night I'm writing this bit about about the interaction that I had with that fucking guy that I've been trying to write for ages and the first punchline is just, you know, that he was I was uh, he goes, What kind of piano? And I was he goes, Is it a Cassio or a Yamaha or a no name? And I was like, Oh, I can't remember and he goes, If you can't remember, then sorry to say, that's a no name. And I just thought, How did I come in here looking for a piano case? And now all I can imagine is learning jujitsu so I could twist this guy's head off his body, bury him in an unmarked grave. Like, who's a no-name now? I can't, you know? And then I just, I guess I go further because the last thing that he said to me, I just, the whole interaction was so bad. He goes, um, he goes, what do you do then? What do you, you know? Because I told him I'm a comedian or something, mate. He goes, what do you do? You play your little piano. And I go, I'm a stand-up comedian. So I, I'm writing a show where I play classical piano and then I use stand-up to explain how the music works with jokes and stories. And he was like, oh, is that, so is that funny? Just like, you know, completely condescending. And all I said in the moment was just like, oh, yeah, you know, but there's jokes in there. And he went, ah, ha, ha, yeah. And then as I left, oh, as I left the piano place with the bag that he just fucking foisted on me, 
it was the most hard. You know when someone goes like you you invite someone somewhere and they somewhere and they go, oh, I'll try to come, and it's like you're not coming. <laughs> There's no way you're coming. Why don't you just say I'm never gonna come? <laughs> it's because we don't like confrontation. He did the weakest one of those. I was like, all right, well, thanks, man. And uh, as I was leaving, he just goes, oh, maybe I'll come to one of your gigs. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, man. I don't like you. I don't want you to come. And I can tell you don't like me. I can tell you think I'm a loser the way you've treated me. I just couldn't believe. I just, to meet a guy like that, you know? And I try and remember in those moments that something that Bill Burr said on his podcast once when he was responding to a listener who had had a shitty interaction with someone and he said, just remember the way that guy made you feel, that's how he makes everyone around him feel all the time. It's not just you and it's got nothing to do with you and you don't need to do anything to him because one day someone will and you don't need to get involved with that and I think that's great advice. (sighs) But anyway, I was trying to write a bit about it and I guess just express my anger because also at the start of the show, I think it's kind of funny to attack people who like musical comedy and then to attack people who like the other side of comedy fans, which is like podcast Joe Rogan fans and all these people who don't actually watch that much stand-up. They just watch fucking podcasts, you know? They listen to podcasts and they... Whatever. It feels like stand-up at the moment stand-up fandom or comedy fandom isn't actually that focused on stand-up. It's it's all about what podcasts you like and all of this kind of stuff. And um, I just felt like that guy when he went, is that funny? What about it frustrated me? It just frustrated me because it's like, of course me telling you about the show isn't going to be funny. The show is funny. Of course the show is funny. But this isn't the show. This is a conversation that you're having with a fucking person. I've just told you I'm a comedian and now I'm supposed to make you laugh. Oh. But the bit that I was... I don't know. I'm never going to do this bit. (laughs) The bit that I was thinking about last night was I was like, imagine if I... So I go, yeah. He goes, is that funny? I'm like, no, that's not funny. But then after I do the classical music stuff, right... Then I do this whole thing about how trans people are really weird. And he was like, oh, yeah. And his his ears pricked up like a dog. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then after that, I talk about how immigrants should all learn English, you know, or they should just go back to where they came from. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I went, and then I talk about the indigenous. And he went, oh, and I get my dick out and I strip all my clothes off and I run around the stage pointing at my dick going, this is a fu- you <laughs> I can't even do it. It's so fucked. I go, you want to see a real didgeridoo? And then he was like crying and screaming and he was like, yes, yes. And then right as he was at the peak of his ecstasy, I grabbed his head and looked into his eyes and I said, you are everything that's wrong with this fucking country, you stupid cunt. So that was the bit that I, (laughs) 
That's fucked. That's fucked. I'm never going to say that on stage. Even as an irony, even as in a bit, it's fucked. I'm sorry for saying that now. I'm even sorry for saying that now. I apologize. That was fucked. But um, I guess what it is, is I just am angry at this guy for belittling me. And so I want to cast him <laughs> as some kind of, you know, like moral... Like, I need him to be racist, homophobic, transphobic, and everything else so that I can justify how mad I feel that he hurt my feelings. (laughs) 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 That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I won't be able to write a bit about that guy. I think it's interesting, though, at the start of the show to get all of my insecurities out because... Me just being on stage with the piano brings up a lot of insecurities because I don't want... I just feel like whenever I see someone on stage with a piano, I immediately think, well, they've brought that here because they didn't write any jokes. And I want people to know that I did write jokes, you know? I mean, and the best way to tell them that is to just do some jokes. But I also, I guess, I just... There's just a level of insecurity when I walk on stage with the piano that people are going to think that I'm not funny. And I think it's funny to let that insecurity out and then address it in the same way that at the start of the piece that I'm going to be playing, Chopin introduces the idea and then immediately lets out some kind of tension. You know, that's the first thing that happens is tension. And the tension sets in motion the story of the rest of the piece, you know, but without the tension, there can be no story. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've been reading, rereading Stuart Lee's How I Escaped My Certain Fate, uh, The Life and Deaths of a Stand-Up Comedian, which is just one of the fucking best books on stand-up ever, where he talks about, uh, he, he has three of his shows and then like they're written out verbatim in the book and then they're annotated like poetry and in between them there's, biographical notes about where he was at in his life at that point and I just finished the first the first one and the second one which is his most critically acclaimed show at the point when he'd written this book whatever it's kind of a response to an attack from the religious right uh on an opera that he uh, uh, like a musical that he wrote called Jerry Springer the Opera and they said it was blasphemous and they destroyed any chance he had at making money from this three or four years of work and um you know just like really fucked with his life for a couple years and he was very angry at them and he's talking about how like his process of turning that anger and frustration and hurt into comedy in this show in what ended up being a really well critically critically well received show and um i guess i've been thinking about that and like, how can I turn my, I guess I don't have that specific a point for my anger, but I do, you know, my biological dad, I guess. How can I turn that into comedy? But that's not what this show is about. This show isn't about that. I don't want this show to be about that. I want this show to be about the music. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm fucking, I feel like I'm rambling today. I feel so unfocused. And there it is. There's the guilt. I told you at the start of the podcast, I've got the guilt. And now I'm even, I'm ascribing it to just me not being good enough here at this podcast. Of course I'm good enough. I am good enough. You guys listen. 
you know? And I keep doing it and that that's enough. But for some reason today, I feel insufficient and um, and anxious and, and, and whatever. And you know what? Maybe it's time that I just accept that. This podcast this week, the photo is going to be a photo that I took of a gig that I did in Melton on Saturday night. And actually, you know what? Doug Chappell, the headliner of the gig and the dude who booked the gig was so fucking great. I really loved his set. It was, it was what I'm talking about, man. It was so positive. It was at a cricket club and the mic and the like speaker didn't work. The setup for the show was so bad. There weren't any stage lights. It was completely fucked. And then add to that, the MC just was not doing the best job. You know, and he was kind of bitter and he was sitting down and kept talking about how long he'd been doing comedy for and just not really putting his heart into it, not giving. He wasn't giving at all. He was just sniping at the audience and it just, you know, wasn't very good. And myself and the other opening act went on and both had good sets. Myself, I and the other opening act went on and both had good sets and had fun we had a great chat outside after in the break actually really nice great to talk to him and then Doug went on and was just fantastic got the crowd going was so positive talked about how we love coming out here to these places and just having a good time with everyone and making people laugh and um, it was absolutely inspirational even though it's not the kind of comedy that I do it's not even the kind of comedy that I'm necessarily a fan of but just in terms of getting the job done and being a great comic and giving people some joy, he fucking 200% fulfilled the brief. Um, so the photo this week is going to be him on stage and the title of this week's podcast is going to be Positivity because I think that might be what I'm lacking right now. And you know what? Maybe it's because I'm on the eve of five days of work and uh, maybe it's because last week I got a fucking $640 fine for running a red light in December. Or maybe it's not because of any of that stuff. Maybe I just feel a little bit insecure right now. That's the podcast for this week. I hope you guys are doing good. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to put a little bit of classical music at the end of this. That's what I want to do. That'll be nice. I want to put... This piece that's kind of in my head right now, it's uh, Lieder ohne Worte, which is Songs Without Words, Felix Mendelssohn, and it is number, book six, fuck, Opus 67, number 32 in F sharp minor. This has been Aiden Jones. Thank you for listening. Fuck, this has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.